It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Plan with Dan. I'm Mark Haywood alongside Dan Betzel, the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gehenna near the airport. You can find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or you can reach out and give him a call at 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Dan, hello. Welcome into the podcast. I should warn you and everyone listening, it could have to be a quick one because we were talking off air about how I'm going to eat Mexican tonight, and I'm now really excited about the queso I'm going to eat. So we may need to and hurry I, this one up I, so I can get to the and, queso. And I'm going grocery shopping, so I'm also <laughs> looking, looking forward to getting some good food. Big evening, big plans, yeah. night out on the town for us. That's right. Come one, come all, and join us. Yeah. Uh, and well, it's, uh, I mean, we're taping the beginning of January, and I'm looking out the window, and it is uh, beautiful snow. I think it's about 25 degrees. Oh. So, uh, yeah, Ugh. I'm going to wear a coat. <laughs> I hope that you are listening to this in July. I really do hope that you're coming across this podcast a long time from now, and it's warm, and who knows, maybe you're even at the beach, but we're not. Well, nonetheless, despite the weather, we are going to have a good time today on the show, get into a lot of good things. We're going to talk about details and specifically how perhaps you're missing the details and how that can get you in trouble, but we'll come back to that. Let's kick it off with a bit of news. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, Dan, let's see what's been going on in the news lately. Don't worry, everyone. We're not going to get too political, of course, but we would just like to see what's happening in the news. Dan, the IRS recently announced that they're increasing the contribution limit for IRAs and 401ks here in 2019. So right now. So if we were maxing out our contributions before, if you're maxing out your contributions in 2018, should we automatically assume that we should increase to that new threshold? You know, I think that's really a great question. And I guess the one word that I would want to take some exception was with is, should we automatically assume? And I think the answer to that is no. And, and let me tell you why. First of all, I think it's great, obviously, to be saving for your retirement. And I think it's great to max out your 401k and your IRAs. But I talk a lot about you know the impact of taxation when you retire. And it may be that you want to take that additional money that you could contribute and you might want to use it to fund perhaps a Roth IRA, which is going to provide you some you know tax-free income when you retire. Or maybe there's another issue you need to do. Maybe you need to pay off some debt. I don't know. Maybe you need to um, beef up your cash reserves. Maybe you need to think about how you're going to solve the long-term care puzzle. So uh, I think it's great. It's a fantastic opportunity. And I think we should use that opportunity to see what's best for our unique financial perspective in our retirement. And I would encourage people to think about something other than perhaps just maxing out your IRAs and your 401ks. Maybe you want to open up that really powerful Roth IRA for your retirement. Well, Dan, thanks as always for sharing. Now let's move on to the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Well, we love to hear from you. We love to take your questions. And as always, I'd encourage you to reach out with your questions. If you have one, maybe it'll be featured on the show, on the podcast. You can submit it online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. 
That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. And again, we'd love to hear from you and feature your question. We've got a great one this week. It comes to us from Jay. He is in Pickerington. And Jay says, I have an old life insurance policy that I probably don't need anymore. Is there any reason not to just take the cash value and invest it somewhere else? Uh, you know, Jay, that's a great question. And let me first congratulate you for thinking uh, you know, so deeply about this whole issue because I agree totally with you that you know, one of the five interrelated aspects of financial planning is risk management. And you're right, you know, as we age, as we get our house paid off, we get our kids through school, we're getting closer to retirement, our risks change. We no longer are are so concerned about, you know, paying off the debt and making sure our kids get educated. And so often the insurance policy that was so useful for us while we were still, you know, in our working years and raising our family, it no longer really serves or suits our, our needs. But I would ask you to consider, and I don't know the answer, of course, this is just uh, educational, don't know if it fits your situation or not, but your risks are going to change. So no longer are you probably concerned about paying off the mortgage, but you may have some long-term risks that you need to think, how am I going to solve you know, that type of, uh, of risk that is in my future? So before you, you, know, you just cash it in, I'd recommend that you sit down with someone, some financial planner, it could be me, it could be someone that you're working with and have them help you go through an analysis to determine what's the best way you can handle this policy. And it very well be, may be that the best thing is to cash it in and get the cash value, or it may be that you may want to roll that over into another type of insurance policy that's going to help you in the next several decades that are in front of you, you know, manage a different type of risk. I hope that answers your question, and it's a great question, and thanks a lot you know, for writing me. Indeed. Thank you, Jay, for writing in. Again, if you'd like to have your question featured, just go online and submit your question online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Let's take a look at some of the psychology behind investment behavior. It's time for Mind Over Money. Well, Dan, let's do indeed dive into Mind Over Money. We love hearing from you and seeing what concepts you've come up with. What do you have for us this week? Yeah, you know, I love this section. And I was meeting with a client earlier this week who said, you know, I I like your behavioral finance stuff, but I don't really get how it fits into the whole scheme of what we're talking about. And I thought, okay, that's really great feedback. And I want to take just a couple minutes here and talk about what I mean when I say behavioral finance. Well, you know, traditional financial theory makes some assumptions. And I'll say these assumptions uh, now. And and so you think about whether you think they're really true. But, you know, one assumption is that markets and investors are perfectly rational. Now, I kind of want to laugh when I say that, but that is a traditional financial theory. Investors have perfect self-control. I mean, I know I don't, but maybe some investors believe they have perfect self-control. And investors are never confused or manipulated by what we might call, you know, cognitive errors or information processing errors. That's a traditional way of looking at financial models. And those of us that work in this field, you know, day in, day out, you know, week after week, year after year, decade after decade – we know that some of those assumptions, you know, really aren't true or really aren't valid all the time. And behavioral finance says, well, investors, because we're human, we actually have limits on our own self-control. And it's easy for us to be influenced or maybe even blinded by a bias, you know, that we have and that we don't see. And that sometimes makes us 
make errors in our thinking and errors in our judgment that can re- lead to wrong decisions. So my purpose, my goal for this section, Mind Over Money, is to talk about different ones that impact you know, myself as well. I'm just as human as any other investor. And my goal is by helping you see a little behind the curtain that you can then protect yourself from some of these biases. And you know, there's one that I often talk about, that I kind of overarching behavioral finance issue that I see all the time. And it's basically that most investors were kind of like a pinball machine and we we ricochet between two competing emotions. We have fear on one side and greed on the other. And if we're not aware of this tendency that we have as humans to bounce back and forth between these two poles, fear, greed, fear, greed, It can cause us, I think, to make some conclusions that are based on very short-term results and can hurt, you know, our long-term wealth creation. I'll give you an example. For example, current market volatility. Well, if we compare, you know, U.S. large, you know, how it was doing in the last several quarters with a well-diversified portfolio, we find ourselves we can be very unhappy and we can make some changes that are always not you know in their best interest because we're you know we're focusing on a very small time frame i see it also like with the uh, the bitcoin craze that we've I think it's maybe behind us now, unfortunately, for some investors who put a lot of money into it. But that was also between fear and greed, fear and greed. And, you know, a lot of my discussion about behavioral finance is to help you, you know, navigate and mediate and find the balance so that you can make really good decisions that aren't going to be influenced, um, overly influenced by, you know, these biases and these limitations to what we're able to see. So I hope that helps put some perspective on what I'm trying to do with this particular segment of the podcast. Yes, indeed. Dan, so much of it is just getting out of your own head. We can't seem to do that. We let our emotions just dive in and uh, take over our investing habits, which isn't always the best practice. We need to kind of steer clear of our emotions or account for them, but still have a balanced approach to investing. And that's one reason we love this segment with you each week is you bring the heat, Dan. You bring the truth to our investing well, life. Well, I love emotions. I think we're all emotional yes. uh, beings and we have to learn how to harness those emotions. Emotions are the most powerful forces in the universe, but we have to make sure they're, we're using those to help us and not to hurt us. Indeed. And as always, Dan, we will continue to fight this good fight in mind over money each week. Now let's dive into the meat of our program and talk about some of the details you might be missing in retirement. A lot of times you often fail to consider these details when you're planning for your retirement. And as you have probably heard, what's the old saying? The devil's in the details. I don't know about that, but they can get you in trouble in retirement. And so let's just kind of go through a list of questions our producers have come up with to help us think through the details as we plan for retirement. Yeah. You know, you made that statement like the devil's in the details. And I actually was thinking of it, of it different maybe way of looking at the same thing you know a lot of people will spend a lot of time you know in creating their uh, retirement plan and there's a there's a very old expression you know that i heard growing up and uh, you know i'll say it in you know in its original eastern european language and you maybe you can figure it out in english but it's you know man plant und gott lacht so man plans and God laughs. Mm. And, and it's it, it's not meant to be like horribly negative. It's meant to be like, wow, you can make all of these great plans, but there's always the unexpected. You know, there's always something that you didn't consider that may get your plans off base a little bit. So I'm really excited to share with the listeners this week some of these little details that I see in my own practice that hopefully I can help them stay clear of them. 
Because I, I don't want them to have to say, you know, man plant und Gott lacht. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, Dan. Well, let's just go through the list here and see what we've Great. come up with. Our producers, that is. So question number one, will you need to support your parents or kids later on in retirement? You know, that is really interesting. So I found myself a few weeks ago sitting with some really wonderful clients and they were sharing with me some of the, I hate to use the word struggle, but maybe some of the challenges and opportunities that they were having between caring for elderly parents in a city a couple hours away and also then helping launch their children. You know, the kids were they're good kids. They were got out of college. They're working, they, they, you know, just getting all that to work together. And it hit me after they left. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, that's exactly me. You know, I'm doing the exact same thing. So it's really important, I think, for us baby boomers, you know, where sometimes we're called the sandwich generation because we're we kind of feel we're being pulled both ways. Maybe children aren't totally financially able to support themselves 100% yet. We need to help them a little bit. And then, you know, we have our aging parents and sometimes for whatever reason, you know, they need not only our our physical assistance, but they might even need some financial assistance. So it's good when you plan your retirement that you sit and you consider, you know, um, how am I going to handle that if and when that does occur? And something else you should consider, how does your family feel about you quitting your job? You may be ready to get out of there, but how do they feel? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so it's not just, you know, quitting your job, but it's also what are you going to do, you know, instead in place of it. And, um, you know, I'm really lucky. I get to spend a lot of time meeting with clients and it's really fun to under, you know, for them to share with me what's going on in their life. And and I was talking to some clients, it was before the holidays. So probably a month or so ago. And, you know, he had retired and he had so much difficulty scheduling, you know, a time for them to come in. And finally, when he came in, I'm like, oh, I don't get it. You know, you're retired. Why did you have so much uh, so much difficulty scheduling a time to come in? And he shared with me, you know, that, that he had purchased two houses and he was in the process of renovating them. He's going to flip them. And, and this wasn't anything that he had ever done with, you know, in his working career. It's just something he always wanted to do to, like, learn these trades and these skills. And he said, wow, I bit off a lot. And um, it was just kind of really interesting. So, you know. He quit one job, retired from one job, and actually was working harder, you know, at another job. So I just think it's really, really important that you stop and you think not just about the balance sheet and the numbers and the income analysis and inflation analysis, but, you know, what are you going to do with your time? Are you going to work part time? I have another client who retired and loves books, and now she works in a bookstore. You know, and it's something totally different. And she's not necessarily doing it for the money, but she's doing it in order to be able to fulfill something she's always wanted to do in her life. And I also think this is a reminds me of, of a really funny experience I had maybe about a year ago when my wife and I were considering selling our house in Pickerington and moving into a condo. And I said I was going to downsize and I was quickly corrected by my clients said, no, you're going to right size, but make sure when you do that you have at least enough space in your condo so that you and your wife can like go to different floors or different rooms and get out of each other's hair. And I thought that was really interesting and I took that to heart. You know, I made sure that you know our, our condo actually is on three floors and my wife has her office upstairs and I can have an office in the basement and little things like that can go a long way, you know, to really making sure that retirement's going to be exactly what you want. And continuing on that theme, Dan, I want you to think about, are you retiring from your job or to something else? I mean, we're talking an awful lot about living with purpose in retirement. Yeah, that's exactly what I, what I was talking about, you know, that you're not really quitting your job. 
you're retiring and what are you going to be retiring to? How are you going to be filling your time? Is it going to be with another job? Is it going to be with volunteering? I have a client who spent his whole life as a dentist, but he always wanted to be a teacher. So now he teaches part-time, you know, at the dental assisting program. He's teaching there and he's loving it. So he's found a whole nother avenue in order to give back, to fulfill this like inner desire he had to always be a teacher uh, and to help shepherd these people along, you know, without the, some of the stress that he had when he was actually running his dental practice. So in the planning, you must figure out not only what am I leaving, but what am I going to? Yes, Dan, glad to hit on that conversation. Living with purpose is totally what we're all about. It's really, in some ways, the basis of the podcast, right? I mean, we want you to experience financial freedom and be able to do what you want and accomplish your goals in retirement. Dan, another detail you might overlook, another question you need to ask is, are you prepared to handle those infrequent but major purchases? Maybe identify some of those as well. Yeah, it's really a great question. So when I'm helping people put together their retirement budget, because, you know, a lot of people come to me, that's what they really want a lot of help for, you know, and it is one of the central aspects of holistic financial planning is my retirement income planning. And a part of that is how much money am I going to need? I make sure we think about things like a roof or a furnace or a new car. And then there's some things that, you know, aren't as easy to talk about. But the passing of a spouse, a lot of people assume, well, when my spouse passes away, I'm only going to need 50% of the income. And that's not really what research shows us. It shows us that the surviving spouse probably needs closer to 70 or 75%. So what are the income changes going to be at the passing of one spouse and then the other spouse? How's it going to affect the pension and social security? Another shock for a lot of people and that they often don't plan in their pre-retirement planning is what's the impact of taxation going to be when I lose a spouse? Because you're going to lose a personal exemption and a standard deduction. And ironically, or maybe counterintuitively, taxes actually will go up for a surviving spouse. And I, you know, I sat at the conference table with lots uh, of recent um, widows and, you know, trying to explain to them, you know, unfortunately, you know, we have an income change and we also have some taxes to deal with. And, you know, I really encourage people when they're getting close and doing their retirement planning that we also look at these issues like, when am I going to need a new car? Am I going to need a new roof? How am I going to pay for the furnace? What am I going to do if my husband passes or if a wife passes away? And how is it going to impact? my taxes. If we have those conversations and we have a plan laid out, it doesn't make it any easier, but it certainly um, gives us a roadmap to follow when you know we do find ourselves in those situations. So I, I really enjoy helping people think through those things. And then, of course, the goal is to put them in your back pocket and go out and enjoy your life, enjoy your retirement and seize the day. Right. That's the goal. All right. So what does it look like to come in with you for a meeting? If, if somebody wants to maybe just get started down that trick, maybe they haven't considered any of these details and maybe they have other questions as well about retirement. What does it look like just to get started? Yeah. So, you know, if you contact my office, you can either give me a call, you can email me, you can go to my website, www.betzelwealthadvisors.com. As soon as I, I have contact with you, I'll send you out an email and it'll have a couple of little videos you can watch. It has a little quiz you can take that hopefully helps you start to think about, you know, money and your potential questions that you may want to ask. And also a recent book that I wrote about secrets to a tax-free retirement. There's a digital copy of that as well. So that'd be a great place to start. And if you want to call and ask me some specific questions, feel free to. I take calls all the time and also schedule a meeting. Um, and I can explain to you the whole process when we meet face to face. Well, if you'd like to get in touch with Dan Betzel and the team at Betzel Wealth Advisors, 
All you have to do is reach out and give Dan a call at 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Or you can go online. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's the website, BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Dan, as always, it's been a pleasure being with you here on the podcast. Great. Thank you so much. We'll do it again next time on another edition of Plan With Dan. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.